Hey, welcome back to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. This is part two of our podcast with guest Tucker Max. This session will give you specific steps to take to get prepared for life's emergencies and disruptions. We pick up our conversation about taking full ownership for your life and taking action. Here we go. So, and that's kind of a layered thing. And then once once you take full ownership, it's kind of like a the, the step two, or you could think of it its own as its own. I actually thought of it as its own sort of plank. Is realize that I got to take action, mm. right? Because a lot of people like they'll take responsibility, or they think yeah. they are. And what they'll do, and I'm saying this because I did this. What I did is I would beat myself up. I went through the. You know, it wasn't that long with me, but I definitely went through the phase of should have. Oh, I should have done this, and I should have done this, and I should have mm. done that, and blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't have sold those 100 Bitcoins. I should have you know, bought that ranch I was thinking of 10 years ago, and I should have, should have, should have, should have. And I kind of used it as a, uh, as a way to beat myself up for what I hadn't done. Yeah. And then I was, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing, man? It's unproductive. It's thing, not helping you, oh, you know? It's so, it, it, yeah. it, 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 that's seductive as a way too, man. Cause it's like you, cause then you start thinking about what you could have had right now if you'd taken full mm. responsibility and action back then, right? Yes. But that's yes. just a way to prevent yourself from taking action now. Yes. And so like uh, literally every day I ask about what actions am I taking? To, what am I doing today? Not what am I thinking about today? Not what am I planning today? Thinking and planning are important. But the ways I measure myself, at least around the ranch and in preparation, is what actions am I taking? Because there is no amount of emotional energy that's building a chicken coop. Yes. Right? That's, yeah. that's hammers and nails and wood and muscle, right? Yes. That's doing that, right? Okay. So, uh, so taking action. I have mm. got to take action. It is up to me, right, yes. to do those things. And some things, you know, like I have electricians here because I don't want to die. I don't. <laughs> but then a lot of other things I can do myself. Like I can do a yeah. lot of the fencing myself. YouTube's yeah. an amazing resource. So the action can be hiring people. The action can be partnering people. The action can be doing things. There's a lot of ways to take action. But understand, things have mm. to happen, right? Yeah. Then the fourth thing. And this took me a while to understand is that the way I thought about prepping doesn't work because the, the template in my mind, it was for prepping was hoard things, right? And, and, and then wait, you know, like wait it out. Yeah. And I realized very quickly, hold on, that's not going to work, right? Because like maybe the old prepping model was preparing, trying to survive a nuclear war, right? Because that was the end time scenario for the boomers, right? Yeah. And, and it makes sense. Like, uh, that was a cold world period, et cetera. And most preppers are kind of leftovers from that period, right? Yeah. That's why the Doomer Optimism movement actually took hold. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't me. Like, I linked the kind of the people who made it up. They're, they're, I'm like, yeah. I'm like an adherent, not really. I don't consider myself a true leader of that movement. Uh -huh. um, the, the, the true leaders are the ones who realize, hold on, we need to live a different way. Not, mm -hmm. let's get ready. Like, uh, preparing for a hurricane is great mm -hmm. if a storm's coming, but yeah. then what do you do afterwards? Right? Like, how do you live afterwards? And so like, that is what they understood that, uh, and how they, um, uh, see things. And so I really kind of took that, that on and, and, and so much, I mean, a lot of it gets to, um, it's funny, man. I, I think we're about to see a convergence of two groups of people who thought mm. they were enemies. Mm. The back to the land, 
psychedelic hippies, <laughs> that movement. No, seriously, yeah, and very, yeah. very conservative mm. um, uh, uh, red state people. Because yeah. both of those groups have a couple things in common. They care about people. Yeah. They care about community, right? And they they care about land. They yes. care about treating that land really well. They care about mm-hmm. developing the bounty of that land for themselves and their um uh their families and their communities, right? Mm-hmm. And like it like it's one of those things where it's like like it never made sense to me that environmentalists and hunters were enemies. Like yeah. I'm a hunter. I've been hunting since I was 16. I want the land to be beautiful. I want it to be abundant. I want it to be healthy. Of course. Like I'm a hunt. The only way to have things to hunt is to do that. Right. And if you're environmental, you want the land to be abundant. So uh, like, and to me, the the Doomer Optimist, you see this, it's really weird. There's tons of very politically, socially conservative types who are, and then a lot of people who would be like kind of old school, even though they're younger, they'd be considered kind of weirdo hippies, right? Yeah. Permaculturists, um, yes. uh, people into <laughs> all of those sorts of – I think all of them have the same goals. They just were lied to and, and, and fractured by the corporate media. None of them listen to the media anymore. Right? Yeah. A lot of religious people, like a lot of yeah. deeply religious oh, – yeah. um, but not just one sect, not just fundamentalist mm-hmm. Christians, sure. Catholics, yeah. Amish – Mennonites, um, they're the Atayu because I don't think there's any way to be connected to land and not be be connected to what I'm going to call source. What you would yeah. probably call God, yeah. I would call source. I think we're talking about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and to me, Doomer optimism is a connection of all those people behind a couple unifying ideas, mm-hmm. right? Does that and make it's sense? It's really interesting what you've said that this is going to make. This is really going to make friends of the people who typically don't think they're friends. You yes. know, it's going to create this commonality. And that's why what I love, I love about what we're trying to do is we're trying to make freedom transcend politics. You know, the, the ideas of liberty, the ideas of self-governance, this idea that you can chart your own course, no matter where you start, you can end up in a completely different place with the right attitude, with the right um, pursuit, work ethic, uh, values, etc., you know, and that's the point, right? The point is that politics is designed to divide and conquer and control. Yes, and yeah. the more we disconnect from the political narratives and say, I'm not buying into this garbage that's dividing us. Instead, we're going to find a lot of common ground. And I think ultimately we're going to we're going to outsurvive the people that are trying to divide us. And I think for me, that's part of the thing is so attractive to what you're doing. I, I totally agree with you. Let me, Jimmy, let me um, introduce an idea to you that yeah. I think will be really relevant to you and your audience. Mm-hmm. It's a thing I've been thinking about a lot. I used to talk about freedom a lot, mm. right? And, and, and uh, in the context of a healthy, functioning government, yes. I think the discussion should be about freedom, right? Mm. Um, so, like, let's just say America in the 80s or something, whatever. Yep. Okay. Uh, I don't think we have a healthy functioning government, at least at the federal level, right? Yep. And then most states don't either. I, I, and so I think a discussion about freedom gets mixed up in a lot of issues. And, and mm. the discussion about freedom, at least the way the discourse is going in America now, essentially feels like another form of entitlement, right? Mm. Another victim mindset. Mm. You should give me my free speech rights, right? Yeah, that, I agree. 
but sometimes you have to face reality. And so mm. to me right now, I don't talk about freedom anymore. Not mm. that I don't believe in freedom. Of course I do. But I talk about two things instead, mm. sovereignty and community. Mm. Sovereignty is freedom to me. Sovereignty is freedom plus responsibility. Yes. Right? Because in a government, in a political system where you're – I'm following up exactly what you just said, which I think was a yes. very wise statement. When you're arguing over who should have what, you're, you can argue about freedoms. When you talk about sovereignty, I'm saying, you know what? I'm taking full responsibility for myself. I don't mm. need your stuff. Mm. And then there's no more argument about my freedoms or your freedoms because I'm on my land with my water and my food or I'm in my community where we're all together in some form and we've all agreed on what the rules that we're going to live by are in our community, mm. right? And yeah. so I'm not worried about your freedom because you get to do whatever you want. Go mm. somewhere else and do what you want and I'm going to be over here and do what I want, right? And as long mm. as we're not harming each other, I I'm cool with that, right? Yeah. And, and, and I mean that right now just yeah. on a very granular level, right? I'm not yeah. talking about any other like broad nonsense. But like uh, to me, it, a lot of people think sovereignty means like, you know, the idea of the, of the sovereign man and the lone wolf. And yeah. no, I, yeah. the, that's not going to make it going forward. Yeah. I don't think sovereignty exists outside of community. You know, that, mm -hmm. yes. Can you be an individual off in the woods and survive or something? Totally. Sure. Right. So I'm not saying that can't exist. But that to me just seems like a horrible existence. Yeah. I want to be with my family and I want to, our family to be part of a community, but yeah. I want it to be a community of, um, I actually, I don't care what everyone looks like. I care. Are we like-minded yeah. at least in the things necessary for us to respect the sovereignty of each other? Yeah. Right. Like, I don't, my neighbor has different political views than me or if they're 18 genders or if they're this, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Are, if they're willing to respect my sovereignty and yes. be part of the community in the ways we've defined, I will gladly, happily do the exact same yes. with them, right? Yeah. But if they're not, that's when we start to have issues, right? That's yeah. when we've got to start to enforce boundaries. When they think, and well, you know, like you've got to do this sort of thing that I want you to do because you're responsible for this. Like, no, yeah. I'm not responsible for how you feel. You know, yeah. like that's not, oh, yeah. that's just never going to be okay with me. And I think what you've just defined is actually what our founders would have defined as liberty, right? So they, yes. they actually, yes. although they use the word freedom, they, they used a fuller word, which is liberty, which is, is sovereignty and community. I mean, actually you that's, just defined liberty that you have freedom with constraints, and they would say you, you know, you don't have freedom to do anything you want to do, regardless of the effect on anyone else. Rather, you have liberty. You've got responsibilities. You've got to function in that community in such a way that we all can thrive, right? So there's tremendous independence in that. I love the independence of it, but at the same time, we're all connected. So I love what you're saying, and and it is the essence, I think, of liberty for sure. So hey, the, the, 100 yeah. percent. The key, the key there is just like you've got to be able to pick your community, right? So mm -hmm. like I can imagine the community that let's say I'm in and dripping. Like if someone doesn't like, uh, no, I don't want this. Cool, great. There's other places to go. Find a place that yeah. fits you. Like as long as you get to pick your responsibilities, yeah. then mm -hmm. yeah, totally with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so let's shift gears just a little bit because I think I want to get super practical. You know. Um, I'm going to assume that everybody listening right now is like, yep, I get it. Things are, 
things are going to become challenging. We're heading towards tough times. What are we going to do to prepare? And, you know, again, we said the time to prepare is before the crisis. Well, we're kind of in a crisis <laughs> in many ways, but let's get ready. Tell us what we can do to prepare. You talk, uh, one of the things you said that really struck me is you said there's no safe places, only safe people. Yeah. What do you mean by yeah. that? <clears throat> well, it, I, I think for most of all, everyone who, who's alive, alive, if there was a problem somewhere in the world, you could go somewhere else in the world uh, that was safe. And mm. honestly, for the last uh, at least about 100 years, if there was any issue anywhere in the world, you could always come to America. Yeah. You could always come to America, right? If you could get your way in, right, which was sometimes easy, sometimes not, um, mm. then you would be safe. And, and and even the pockets of violence in Africa or these places or, or Asia, whatever, you could find other places either in your region or other regions that were totally safe. I think the storm that's coming is going to envelop the world. And I don't necessarily mean we're going to have a world war the way that World War II was kind of, basically, World War I was not a world war. That was just the developed world. World War II was as close as we've ever seen to a world war. No, mm. because I think this war is going to be a mimetic war a war of ideas, a war of the mind, a war of thoughts and feelings and beliefs. Yes. And I don't think there's anywhere to hide. And I think the, that the people who are trying to control the world are coming after the financial system and, and everything downstream of the financial system. And we have a, for the most part in this world, we have a completely interdependent, connected financial system. And if they win, then that's going to break. And so there's nowhere to hide. Yes. I don't think there's I don't think there's anywhere you can go to avoid a lot of impacts from what's coming. Now, there's some places I think are going to hit way worse than other places, right? Mm. Like I picked Texas for a reason, you mm. know, instead of New York or California, right? So it's not like yeah. there's no place it's not like places are better or worse than others. There are relative better or worse. But my point is a lot of people think if I go to the right place, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I think if you if you find the right people, mm. you you have a, a good chance of making it through this. And then the question I always get is, how do I find safe people? Mm. And the answer is always become one. Right. So I like to think I'm wow. a safe person, mm. and I can tell I have a, a, a decently large ranch and dripping, and I'm actually about to buy another one. Um, and everyone's like, ah, yeah, like oh, when the when it's a fan i'm coming to your ranch i'm like no you're not <laughs> right like no because seriously like the yeah. people i want on my ranch are the people who are going to contribute yes right safe people like yes. I, I i i there is a time and a place for charity mm. i'm not running a charity on this ranch yeah i'm just not right that's yeah. just not and, and it's not a if there's a charity it's my kids <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. The, oh yeah for sure Right. Or, but even the dogs pulled their weight, yeah. you know, yeah. like the, the yeah. dogs are guard dogs. Like they do their job. Right. Mm. So if you don't want to pull your weight, that's fine. But you're probably safe. People aren't going to want you around. So yeah. it, but when you become a safe person and that, that can mean a lot of things, it doesn't mean that you're the best at fighting. Like a lot of that's mm. the, the, the people. Well, I, you know, I've got guns. I'm like, do you know how to use them? Mm. You know, are you safe with them? Do you know when to use them? Uh, most people don't. Right. But even people yes. who don't who necessarily aren't the best at self-defense, there's a hundred other ways to be a safe person, meaning can you yes. contribute something important to a community? 
It's funny you and, say that. I, I just wrote that statement down that you have to be able to make a contribution, a meaningful contribution. And then I think there is, you know, I think from my perspective, so I'm, I'm obviously using a lens of faith and shared values. So I think the, the other part of this is, do you share the same values for life? Yeah. Are the things, yeah, right? Because if you don't, you're going to have conflict. True. It, it, it. I think we are getting, and I think this is a good thing overall, we're getting to a period where like-minded people are going to team back up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and live together and, and throw their weight together instead of being set. We've decades and decades of separation of splitting people, splitting families, splitting communities. I think mm-hmm. the pendulum has gone as far as it's going to go in that way. And it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like, we just bought 10 acres, us and some other families. We're putting a school in. And the number one thing, we, you know, we've, done a, we've got about, I don't know what it is, uh, 20 to 30 families already committed. And I think we have room for like 50 or 60, uh, 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 given the number of kids. But um, the number one question we get at open houses and all that kind of stuff is, what's the community around the school going to be like? Yeah. The number one, everyone. Yeah. That we now granted we're in Dripping Springs, Texas. So this is uh-huh. this is the tip of the spear for people who really understand this sort of stuff and who have the mm-hmm. resources because this land out here is obnoxiously expensive now. Mm-hmm. And so like, but every single one, like, and that that's the main thing that we're putting. Like, yeah, it's going to be an amazing Waldorf style school, and we're going to have a biodynamic farm, and and like the opposite mm-hmm. of all the other nonsense. Like, like, you'll have to kill us to put a, a mask on a child, like any of that stuff. Yeah, but. Th- Every parent, what's the? How are you guys going to help foster community? Because mm. everyone's looking for someone else to lead, which yeah. we are. Well, that's one of the things we're going to make this school about is one of the epicenters of community in this community, not the only one, mm. but one of right. And so you want to you want to find safe people, be a safe person, mm. and then one of the best ways to be a safe person is to become the center of a community, and there are a nearly infinite number of ways to define community. Mm. I love that. And so, well, and you, you've you kind of defined a bunch of the ways that we need to get prepared. And, and these are almost, in some ways, centers of the community, right? You, you've picked, I think you have six dimensions. There's a hierarchy of preparation. This is yeah. important to me. This is, this is an important piece, right? Because you're going to have people um, receive this message in different ways. But what I'm hoping to do is push people to prepare. Help us understand the hierarchy of that preparation. Help us understand the ways that we need to get serious about this. Okay, so if someone's listening and they're serious, I'm going to give you like kind of the, the bullet points. And then I, yep. like, uh, I would read the article. And then also yeah. I would go to the experts because I am not mm-hmm. an expert on preparation. At this point, I'm, maybe I'm an expert on, on mindset and being a beginner in preparation, yeah. right? That, yeah. Okay, so the, to me, the first one is defense. Because mm-hmm. if you can't take care of yourself and keep what you have, then it doesn't matter how cool your setup is or how good it is, yeah. right? Like, because unfortunately, I think we're going into a, a period of, well, we're not going in, we are in a period of violence and it's going to get substantially worse mm-hmm. um, before it gets better. So number one is defense. And that means, you know, like, am I in shape? Uh, you know, hand-to-hand defense. Uh, uh, where, what's my status of firearms? Uh, you know, defense on my, my house, my property, um, all of those sorts of things, right? So th- there's a lot there. And and I, the person I think to, to really read there, there's a lot of experts, but Clay Martin, 
is what Clay Martin and Tim Larkin are kind of the two of the two that I really look to. I'm doing a big one. Like I'm going to do big deep dives on each of those level of the, the, mm. my planks. That's the next one is defense. Um, all right. So good. the number two is, and then from there I kind of go to survival, right? Number two is mm. water. Like you can live three days without water. Okay. Uh-huh. Where's your water coming from? Right? Oh. Like I have wells and rainwater capture, right? So like I'm really set up. Yeah. Maybe you can't afford all that. Okay, cool. Then really understand how, if the water goes off, yeah. how long do I have? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can go to the store. Yeah, well, if the water goes off for everyone, you're not. Maybe you, maybe you can get a case of water if you're lucky. What that? Yeah. Right? Okay. Then, then you can go three weeks without food. Where's your food? Mm. How much food do you have? Stored food's great. Not the only answer, but it's a great start. How much food can you make? Right. So we have at least a year of stored food, and that's including meat and other stuff and canned stuff. We have two cows in our field. We have 23 sheep coming. Um, and then we got, you know, like all the garden beds and all that stuff's going in. I, I like, uh, we'll be pretty good on that in about three to six months. So like we have the ability, I think for my family and maybe even a lot of other families to produce a lot of food, right? Mm. Okay. So where are you on that? Then next is energy. Right? First of so all, real quick stuff- before, before energy, you're stressing me out. Like I, there's a big, I thought I was ready. Like you're, you're killing me right now. I thought I was way ahead of the curve on some of these things. And I'm just now realizing, oh my gosh, I got a long way to go. That's uncomfortable. Thanks for that. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Welcome to getting ready, man. You should have (laughs) said, when I realized this, dude, I had a panic attack. It was the worst. I was online buying 18 cases of sardines and I went nuts. Yeah, dude. Hey, I like sardines. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. I actually do. I like them now. That's for sure. There you go. Um, Come on. So, uh, um, Okay, energy. Yes. Energy. So, like, uh, if the power goes off, how long do you have? Uh, What Mm. happens? What do you really need? You know, Mm. so we have, um, we're we're on a a pretty, you know, Texas power grid. I don't care what people say. Texas power grid is one of the best in the country. We're the only place that has its own power grid. And then Mm. we're on an electrical co op that's got really good power, but it can go off. So then we Mm. have propane tanks, we have generators, Mm. and we're putting in solar soon. Mm. So I, I don't think that I'll just say, Jimmy, I don't think there's anything is off grid. I don't think off grid exists. If you think you're off grid, what do you do when your solar, you know, power coupler breaks, then you realize you're on grid, right? Like yeah. in, unless you're buying three installations and only setting one up and the rest are for extra parts, uh, uh, you're not off grid. Um, but just understand how long can you go mm. without power? Right. Mm. Uh, and, and, and there comes a point where it's like, uh, you know, there's layers of that, right? Like, I think we can go, I know we can go about a month with no external power. Um, beyond that, we're going to yeah. have to cut down to bare bones and things might get sketchy, right? But like, if the power's yeah. off for a month, man, we got way bigger things to think about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, right? Okay, so there's understanding that, right? Okay, like, yeah. you don't have to be perfect forever to be ready, mm-hmm. you know, or to be ready for, so, so then power, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, then, uh, this is, I think I put this last, but to me, really, it encompasses everything. It kind of is the thing that goes over everything is community. Mm. Right. Um, and and uh, that, that was one of those weird things, man, Jimmy, when I start, started preparing, I didn't think about community. And then mm. I went and talked to like, because again, most people in America have no idea what it's like to be in a place where the power or water are unreliable. They have no. no clue. 
And so I have a good friend of mine, two good friends, one's Serbian, uh, uh, one is Chechen. And they both lived in their countries when they, you know, when they were going through their, their various revolutions and all kinds mm. of issues. And both of them told me. Uh, and, and then I have a couple of good Green Beret friends who've like started revolutions in countries or been through them. All of them said the same thing. Community, mm. first, second, third, last. It's the most wow. important thing. Because if you are in a good community, uh, uh, then uh, you've got a bunch of people working on these problems instead yes. of one. Boy, that is massive. And and right and don't you think right now that we're at we're at a significant deficit of community, aren't we? Because even in the environments we come together, I mean, think about it. Even the environments where we come together around shared values, um, people aren't contributing to that community in what I would consider a physical, tangible way. We're contributing in relationship, yes, but no one is bringing their quote unquote capabilities in most of those environments. You're talking about 100%. community where, where people are doing something. We said it earlier, making a contribution in a very tangible way, right? So we're we're starting almost from ground zero on this. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Although I'll tell you, like even though uh, I have never been Christian, I am now. Uh, I like to call myself um, a uh, like a follower of the teachings of Christ. Mm. Uh, because like, I've been reading a lot about Jesus. I'm like, this guy was a genius. Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like all of this, this is brilliant. Yes. And like, I'm kind of learning th those teachings independent of church doctrine. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like church doctrine is just what some, uh, basically some administrator believes about Jesus. I I'm going to try and go as, as close to the source as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The source is great, but here's yeah. the thing, man, so many Christians have, it's, I know so many Christians now who are so depressed about the world. And I'm like, guys, you guys have so much to be optimistic about. You guys are used to being in community. You're used to believing in higher powers. You're used to working together. You have a shared set of values. Like nice. America was mainly built by people. Uh, yes. I, I don't want either Christians or people acting yes. in religious groups, whether they were, you know, whatever the sects of Christianity. I'm like, yes. most of America was built by people like that. Like yes. uh, it, America is at its core built on Christian values, as all the founders will tell you. Yes. Even the ones like yes. uh, like uh, Jefferson, who who called himself yes. deists, he was still a huge believer in the teachings of Christ. Mm. And so, like Christians have a massive advantage. advantage. Oh, no question. A huge and, and, one. Oh, there's no question. And as a as a believer, as a Christian who walks in community, my family has always walked in community. So we've always had those deep abiding relationships, people with shared values, people that kind of have similar worldview. Not everyone shares the exact ideology, and especially on the political spectrum, but nobody cares because you share the same values. And you mentioned a couple things in there that I want to touch on. Jesus, the beauty about seeking just Jesus and the teachings of Jesus rather than a lot of the stuff around it, Jesus went after the religious. He, he, those were the, that was the only group that he uh, went after because he was yes. so disappointed that the people that supposedly knew him best or should have known God best um, were putting were hypocrites, right? And he always approached everyone else with incredible compassion and love, and and he brought them in. He never yep. judged them. He judged the religious. So there's a big difference between no, no, religion. No, he, he judged and the religious bureaucrats. The the religious elite, and elite's a great the, term the for priests. today. The yes. Pharisees, yes, exactly. Yes. Oh yeah. No, yeah. he was about it. It's so funny. People I know. Are like, oh, would Jesus do that? I'm like, man, he walked well, in and threw the table, the money changers' he, temples. Jesus kicked 
when he had to. Yeah, like, exactly. do you not know this part of G? Like, it's a I, no. I, I, There's so many Christians I talk to who I feel like I know more about uh, 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 oh. Jesus than they do. And yeah. I'm not trying to say, like, compare, like, but it's yeah. like, I just try and go directly to the source and learn as much as possible. Yes. And I'm willing to read, like, the Gnostic Gospels and other things. And, sure. you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how much of it is true or not. But, like, they're all like, well, like, it's almost like a lot yes. of Christians, their image of Jesus comes, like, third hand. And they almost don't really even know. It's so weird to me. Yep. But also, uh, you know, we have this, I think, built into humanity is this idea of a scoreboard. Am I good enough? Am I, am I doing the things necessary to earn God's favor? And God says, hey, wait a minute. No, no, I paid the price for you. I paid the price for right. the sins of humanity in the person of Jesus. So if you get Jesus, you get forgiveness. You get the grace of God. You don't, you're not earning God's favor. So a lot of us, we default to religion, do's and don'ts. What do I have to do to be good enough, which right. is a fallacy. And instead, you're, you're actually pursuing relationship, which I love and appreciate. I'm going to give you a referral on this one, okay? Please, you said, please. You said Jesus is a genius. Oh, my gosh. I could not agree more. There is a book by a good friend of mine. His name is Erwin McManus. John Gordon knows him real well. He's his John, pastor. John, John recommended this book to me. Ye okay, good. Yes, so this I is a sign from about. God. This is yeah. a sign for you, the genius of Jesus. I'm telling you, it captures the essence of a real relationship with Jesus, a real relationship with God. So anyway. Can you see my, my Kindle? Uh -huh. It's right there. Oh, yeah. come on, man. Let's go. Yeah. That's yeah. your assignment. That's your assignment yeah. right there. Like I'm, I know I'm already, I'm like 10 pages in. Like, I, I love still it. I'm in the intro. Uh, truly. Uh, you're you're going to be blessed by that. Let me give you one that yeah. no, I have never met a serious practicing Christian who's ever heard of this book, and it's one of the, it's been one of the most influential to me about Jesus because right. it was written by a psychotherapist who mm. looked at Jesus from a totally different angle. Have you ever heard okay. of the power? It's called the Power Tactics of Jesus Christ by no, Jay never. Haley. Go read never. that book. Okay. It will give you a, a, a very different, a complimentary, yes. but a, a very different angle on Christ than almost than any religious or any text that came from someone religious uh, that I've ever seen. That's amazing. Okay, so you got an assignment, I got an assignment. We're going to compare notes in a couple of weeks. We got to get back on Done. this. Because I'm always encouraged by that, right? And I, as a person who is who is endeavoring to walk with Jesus in a real way, and really to live in freedom, right? Not weighed down by the regrets of the past, the garbage that you can't change, and not worried or anxious about the future. I mean, that's the name of the game for someone in faith. You said some of the most miserable people are these people who claim to be Christians. And Christians, we should be the most liberated, the most free, and the most optimistic about no matter what our circumstances are, that we can weather those circumstances and that God's sovereign, right? So, so good. So good. Yep. Man, well, this is going to be a fun couple of weeks for you reading that, and I'll, I'm going to jump right on this, this book on this side, too. Excellent. No, I'm excited, to, I'm excited to, to get in. It's already pretty good. I like it. All right, so let me ask you a, a question. Let me ask you two questions. Number one, yes. is it too late to prepare, okay, and I, I think no, I know what you're going to say. Not at okay, all. not even. Close. And then, our if you were if you were going to give advice to our listeners, because there's three types of people that are listening, right, um, who are processing what you're sharing. Some are going to see it, and they're going to go right away. They're going to take action. You said yeah. it best. They're going to take action. Some are going to not believe it at all. They're going to say we're crazy, and that's fine. We're not worried about that group. Yep. Some are going to believe it, and they're going to be willing 
to, to get involved, but they're going to want to know, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed by it. What are some of yeah. the few, the few things you would tell them to do right away? Um, well, I don't give advice, right? I'll just say the, is that a disclaimer? Is that a legal disclaimer? What do we just no, do? no, no? It, it's I just don't believe in giving advice. Like okay. I, I, what I like to do is tell people what I've learned, what I've seen, what Perfect. I've experienced, what I've done, and then let people decide for themselves. Perfect. I will tell you the book that helped me the most get clarity on how to prepare is um, he's got like six books, but there's a mm -hmm. dude. His name is James Wesley Rolls. And he okay. wrote, uh, he, he runs a blog called Survivor Blog or Survival okay. Blog. And um, it's like he, he started, he's kind of old. He started really kind of as more as a Cold War prepper, but he's the only one from that generation that I've seen who really transitioned well and understands building productive assets so you can thrive. He's also mm. very, very Christian, like very mm. Christian. Like, awesome. like uh, uh, I would almost say I'm probably wrong about this, but he seems in the camp of fundamentalists to me, right? Yep. And, and uh, the book he wrote that is the place to start is called How to Survive the End of the World as We Know It by James Wesley Rolls. <laughs> He's even got um, a theme song. He's got a theme is, song with that. The End of the World as We Know It. I mean, this is beautiful. It's like The Cure or something. I don't know. <laughs> so that is, there's also another one called The Ultimate Prepper Survival Guide, which is pretty good. But that book hmm. will give you a framework that uh, I took... I, I, a lot of what I'm doing and how I look at this is taken from him. Not all of it. Like, for example, mm. all of his stuff on defense and guns is horrible. Do not listen mm. to him. He's okay. like, no, the, the dude to listen to for that is, is Clay Martin. He wrote a book called mm. Prairie Fire, another one called, called Concrete Jungle. He's a, a former mm. uh, Green Beret, spent 20 years uh, doing this. He's amazing. I actually hired Clay to help me with my defense setup. He's That's the best. Cool. Like he's amazing. And he has a website called Clay Martin Defense that he just started putting up to help people and consulting with this. Um, but James will help you really get organized. He has this spreadsheet that he gives away for free mm -hmm. in his site that I'm not it's not it's not perfect, but it is a great place to start. But mm -hmm. he, the, here's the, if you want a framework to look at everything. Yep. Just ask yourself, if I lose X, how long can I survive? So like if mm -hmm. I lose water, meaning like to my apartment how long do I have? And so if you like get like a, a huge five gallon, one of those plastic five gallon tubs that can store water, you fill that uh, or 50 gallon ones, you fill that with water in your apartment. Okay, great. Now you've got a month of water or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, th and that's, mm -hmm. it's not perfect, but that's a step. And then food, nice. like you, 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 you'll go to Costco, buy one of those dried food things for like a thousand dollars. It's 30 day supply, not yep. perfect, but now you're, you've got a month, right? Love it. It, like uh, power. Okay. You go buy like a solar generator, not perfect, but it'll generate enough power to, to, you know, run a couple things, you know, necessary for survival. Mm. Now you've got power, right? So like you yes. do those three things. Now you've bought yourself a minimum of like two weeks or a month, right? Okay, great. Yeah. Now, now start thinking about the next layer and the next layer and the next. So the question is not, how do I get perfect right away? The question yeah. is how do mm. I extend my timeline of survival and then once once that's at a certain point, how do I get to a place where I can thrive in chaos? Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, and I, like you, I've got some buddies who are former Navy SEALs and some special ops guys, and they're, they've, been, uh, they've been helping me prepare for quite some time. You, I think you just pushed me over the edge, like in a big way. But I love the fact, what you just said was make progress. Don't worry about perfection. Make mm -hmm. progress. 
You know, yes. take those steps Every to day. extend your timeline. And I love that. Is there anything else that you would, you know, as we close, is there anything else you would tell our folks that, you know, something that you learned that you might go, hey, this is real important as you get started? I mean, I, honestly, I'm really glad you asked the question. I think mindset, I should actually change it. I should add six planks and six should be mindset. Or number one, mm. actually, should be mindset before you even get to defense. Because, man, Jimmy, it's crazy to me, man. Like, yeah. uh, as I've been talking about this, there's a, str- a threat of people who like are like, well, if things get bad enough, I'm just going to die or I'm just like, I'm going to give up or what. And I'm just like, that's like unthinkable to me. But there's a lot of those people. And it's like, I don't try to get I'm like, OK, listen, if that's what you want to do, what you want to do. But um, but don't show up actions, at the ranch. But yeah, don't right, show well, up at the ranch. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, but all of these actions I'm talking about begin yeah. with a mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so you were, it was really good. I'm glad because you know, I'm far enough in where I, I skip over that now, but, but if you're not in yet, if you're not uh, experienced at this, uh, developing the right mindset, I think you can do as you do the rest of it. It doesn't, it's not like you develop your mindset perfectly, then do everything. No, no, no. Yep. But like understanding that what you believe becomes your reality. Yeah. And I mean that almost yes. literally, not yes. magically, but literally. Yes, because what you believe ends up being what you do, you know, exactly. so whatever you think becomes what you believe. And then what you believe, yes. it, it shows up in what you're willing to do. And I, you know, it's my wife and I, for the last 15 years, have been really working on a mental overhaul, if you will, changing our mindset, you know, taking the bad thinking and crushing it and then turning it into something that's more productive. And, you know, the Bible, it's interesting we talk about faith, but um, the Bible talks a lot about taking every thought captive, the stuff that's destructive, the the lies of the enemy, the the garbage that you think that prevents you from being everything you can be. You got to yes. take control of that, crush it, and replace it with something that leads to life. And I think that's what you're talking about with this mindset, aren't you? Hundred percent. That's how. Yeah. If you had to sum it all up, uh, the mind, the difference in mindset is: do my thoughts, beliefs, emotions lead to life, or do they lead to death? Yes. Like you could, I, that's not, you could sum it and distill it down to that if you wanted to. Yeah, that is a huge encouragement. It's a great place to stop this conversation. We're going to have more conversations because I want to, I want to chart your progress and I want to encourage our group along the way. And I want to give you some success stories because I believe this is going to have a profound impact on a number of our listeners. We're going to pull their stories over time and I'm going to share those with you because I think you're making a big difference. I, I know you're not in it for that, but I think what you're doing is going to have a profound positive effect on people around you. So I mean, I got nothing to sell, man. Like, so it's like, yeah. I'm just telling people what I'm doing, man. And if it helps others, that's awesome. And I'm super excited for that. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today, buddy. Tucker, you're, you're the man. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Till next time. <laughs>